Welcome to this episode of Mission Business, a podcast about good business for those in the business of good. Presented by your part-time controller, LLC, also known as YPTC. My name is Jennifer Oliva, the host of Mission Business and managing partner at YPTC. This is the second part of a two-part episode with Eric Freint, president and founder of your part-time controller, LLC. 2023 marks your part-time controller's 30th anniversary. What began in 1993 as a small enterprise by founder and president Eric Freint has grown into a national firm of over 550 staff and over 1,500 clients. From the beginning and stands today, our mission is to help nonprofits further their missions. And now the continuation of my conversation with my business partner and friend, Eric Freint, president and founder of your part-time controller, LLC. Let's start with 2019. We uh, started thinking about a strategy for remote services. We were doing about 20% of our work remotely by 2019 as we kind of discovered, and it was all organic growth. Uh, Maybe an organization didn't have an office, uh, uh, they were working virtually, uh, or we, because of word of mouth, we had a few clients scattered throughout the country where we couldn't be there physically because our work, our our model then before 2020 was really to do all of our work at our clients' offices, but we had discovered that we were doing work remotely and our plan for 2020 was to expand that remote work. And then March of 2020 happened with the pandemic. And before we get into the remote work, I'm just, I just want to talk about your feelings and, you know, bringing us back to that beginning of March of 2020 and what you were thinking and feeling. Jen, as you just said, our our preferred model had always been to work on site at our clients' offices. That's what our clients wanted. They wanted us on site. And uh, our work goes better, quite frankly, when we're on site because the people that we need to speak to are there. And it helps to develop relationships with our clients. It helps to develop trust with our clients. It's better on so many levels. Okay. So, you know... Early in 2020, we and the rest of the country, everybody started to beginning to, to hear about the pandemic. And, you know, you start to read stories in the papers or hear news about what's going on overseas. And, you know, in January and in February, the stories start to get more serious and coming into March. And then suddenly it's, you know... The whole country goes into a lockdown. So, you know, everybody listening to me talk about this, everybody experienced this. And we were no different. And uh, within a space of a week, it went from, hey, is this really going to happen? To, hey, this is really <laughs> happening. So, we fortunately had experience because of that 20% of our work. So, we weren't starting from nothing. Uh, but, you know, all kinds of basic decisions, like how are we going to process daily deposits? <laughs> you know, how, how are we, how are we going to get the mail? If we, if we couldn't come into our office, our main office, we can't even how get the mail. How are clients and going to pay their bills and pay their how people? How are clients going to do their accounting and how, oh, it was, but listen, one thing we have always been good at, always, 
is we're very good at responding to a problem. Absolutely. We're very good at responding and reacting to a crisis. We're very good about figuring things out. And, you know, while I'm the first to say there's a lot we don't know, there's a lot that we're, we don't know, mm -hmm. we're always learn, learning. I do have tremendous confidence that whatever comes our way, we can figure it out. Uh, it may take a while. It might not be easy. But whatever problems come our way, we can figure it out. Whatever challenges, we'll yeah. figure it out. And we're not the only ones. A lot of people, a lot of people that were dealing with, with regard to the pandemic, a lot of people, sure. everybody was dealing with that. Sure. And our clients uh, figured it out. They went our through clients some tremendous had to it stress out as well. and, you know, and, and financial we were, difficulties. We're very worried about our clients. Um, you know, we work with nonprofits and we were very worried uh, yes. for them because, you know, we were just assuming that a lot of our nonprofits. We were just assuming they were all going to be hurt. And mm -hmm. I would say that they all were hurt to one degree Absolutely. or another. Uh, we were expecting a lot were going to go out of business. Uh, we were very glad as time went by to see that very few yes. uh, had to close their doors. But everybody, all of our clients had to do belt tightening of one sort or another. Some of them had to you know, temporarily cancel programs, especially performing arts yeah, organizations. Very hurt. You know, anything, museums, anything that uh, uh, required, uh, you know, people to come together mm -hmm. uh, to, and pay an admission fee of one sort or another. You know, they, every one of those had to mm -hmm. cur curtail those activities. And nobody knew how long it was going to last. You know, it's funny to think back, Jen, that, you know, the initial PPP program, yeah. Was slated for eight weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Because <laughs> the federal government thought, eh, eight weeks ought to do we'll it. We'll be back in eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we wish. And even we, you know, mm -hmm. nobody knew. Well, eight weeks. Gee, yeah. gee, that seems like enough time, isn't it? Yeah. The pandemic's yeah. going to be over in eight weeks, isn't <laughs> we it? We wish. You know? So we mobilized everybody to serve our clients remotely in a week. So, well, just let's talk a little bit about the remote services growth uh, okay. through the pandemic and the fact that uh, very interestingly, uh, because of the, in, in some, you know, I guess it is because of the pandemic, the growth of remote services was able to happen so quickly. The last number I heard was that we have clients in 48 states. Yeah, we have cool. staff. In, in probably over 40 states. Mm -hmm. but by the end of 2023, we'll have clients and staff in all 50 states. We're starting to do work uh, internationally already, and we have plans to, to grow that. And, you know, and, and a lot of that wouldn't be possible uh, if we weren't able to do the work remotely because we don't have offices all over the country. We, we've got eight. Last time I counted, we have eight physical offices. <laughs> And uh, so we don't have, you know, we have plan. We will be opening more physical offices to service clients in various places around the country, and then eventually internationally. Uh, but uh, all that growth around the country uh, is occurring because of remote remote work and the ability to hire. And the before, ability to hire. Yes. Yeah, so before we, the you know, pandemic, we didn't hire. Uh, anyone that was outside our physical market yeah, locations. Yeah, live close to a physical office. We, as much as we would have loved to have hired someone, we couldn't now. Yeah, yeah. it almost doesn't matter where somebody lives. That's you know, right. Yes, we we even had 
we even have two people. Well, for a while it was two. One bought a house, but two people who lived in an RV. That's right. <laughs> moving around the one country. One of them with his wife and kids <laughs> in their RV was traveling around the country. That's Could right. you imagine, Jen, before – I don't yeah. know when we agreed to that, but if we figured, oh, well, he we, wants to do it. Yeah. He's really good. We love him. Again, all speaking right, up. Let's, speaking up to let's, do something. And he spoke up. And he, he said, <laughs> all right, well, let's let him try it. Now it's it's almost like, oh, no problem. You live in an RV? Okay, fine. We've overcome obstacles and we're willing to experiment. We're willing to explore so let's talk about the next 30 years. We got all the way up to 2022. <laughs> it's a long time coming. And we only scratch the surface with some of the stories of uh, how we got here. You know, our basic accounting services, uh, and I shouldn't call them basic, it's critical to any organization that uh, the services that we perform for them, which are bookkeeping through uh, financial reporting, monthly financial reports, reconciliations, making sure all the numbers are in the right places, analysis, budgeting, forecasting, uh, cash flow management. We talked about audit facilitation and then some of what we do for our clients every single day. Uh, that has been, as you say, the, the bread and butter of uh, YPTC for 30 years. What do you see in the future as far as services that we will bring to our clients to even enhance their experiences with us? Sure. And before I mention that, I should I should add that with all of the things, Jen, that you just mentioned, yeah. um, many of our clients actually have a full-time controller That's true. or a full-time CFO or a full-time director of finance, uh, whatever their titles might be, but yet... Uh, more than half of our clients have a full-time position in that role, but yet they still bring us in to help them with all the things that you mentioned, Jen. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, other things that we're doing, we, uh, we are making a heavy investment in, uh, in technology. And I don't just mean getting computers for our staff, which we do. Yes. We, we provide a, a laptop computer, a good laptop computer, <laughs> To, Great for one. every staff member. In fact, the one that I'm using right now to record this video, I'm using the same uh, piece of equipment that we provide to our staff. Uh, but beyond that, I, I'm talking about uh, more than that. Uh, we're in the process of creating some custom apps, uh, custom tools that will help us do our jobs better. It will, custom, will help us prepare uh, our month and financial reports and a number of other things. Uh, I don't want to say more now, but they're already under development. Uh, we are in the process of uh, uh, developing other service offerings like helping organizations with their federal grants. Uh, we are doing work now and we're hiring non-accountants, by the way, to help with this. We're hiring... Mm -hmm. We have a former client, a former executive director of a nonprofit organization who he himself uh, has spent over 20 years and met all those years he was involved with applying for and getting federal grants for his organization. Uh, he's heading up our, our team to, to do that. Uh, that's just one area uh, yeah. that uh, we're, we're looking to, uh, to, to and develop. Enhancements in our data visualization group. 
to data visualization. So, you know, the, uh, the iPhone was introduced in 2007. Uh, the iPad was introduced two or three years after that. And they have, you know, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but what they don't necessarily appreciate is that the ability to deliver information to our clients. I mean, the whole world knows this, except basically for the accounting profession. You know, accounting profession, it's, and I'm an accountant, so if I rag on the accounting profession, it's okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, the accounting profession is stuck in old ways of delivering information to people. So, uh, we're not. Uh, so, we are uh, doing all kinds of things to help to deliver information to our clients faster and better using the tools and the technologies to do that. And where the technologies don't exist, we're now beginning to dabble, as I just mentioned, yeah. in developing our own. Our executive directors and board members want to see information in small bites. They need the executive summary. And we're exactly. working on that every day to enhance uh, the deliverables that we provide uh, for executive directors and board members so that they can quickly understand the financial situation of their organization and then be able to act on that information. You know, really as accountants, what are we, what are, what's really our business? Our business is to deliver information and it's to deliver non-financial information in addition to financial information. And we're just as good delivering non-financial information. So nonprofits need all kinds of non-financial information. They need program data. They need attendance data. They need information for funders. Well, we're helping many of our clients with, with that and, you know, accumulating, reporting, analyzing. Uh, there's no limit and, uh, to, to, to the kinds of things that we can be doing to help our clients. And uh, so, you know, for a company of our size, I, 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 you know, I still think that despite the fact that we have over 500 people, I, I still think of us as being a small company, even though mm. we're not small anymore. Mm. And I have to mention, you know, we made the list of the top 100 biggest accounting firms in the country. Woohoo! Uh, we came in for last year at position number 100. That's right. But, you know, like the old Avis uh, rental car commercials used to say, we're number two, but we try harder. Well, <laughs> we're number 100, but we try harder. We try uh, the hardest. <laughs> we try the hardest. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, I feel that we're able to run circles around larger accounting firms. And, Why is uh, that? Well, I think, and, you know, there's 99 firms above us on the list that will disagree with this. <laughs> uh, but we take a different approach to the delivery of information. We take a different approach. The profession is just so far behind uh, in terms of uh, understanding what's really important to organizations. You know, you go to an accounting conference, and now one of the hot topics is lease accounting. All right, well, yes, it's important to get that, it's right. important to get that done correctly. Yes, that is important. But two days of sessions on lease accounting? <laughs> Snoozer. And and how many of our nonprofit executive directors are worried about 
are, are the accounting profession's new rules on lease accounting. <laughs> they, they, you know, yes, they have to know about it. And the order, you know, yes, there's yeah. some restatements, yes. But that's not how, if you're running a homeless shelter, or if you're running a museum, or if you, you know, or any of a, if you're running a religious organization, you don't care about the fact that the accounting profession has new lease accounting standards. You know, you have work to do. Yes. You have constituents, you have people to feed. If you have, you know, you have people to provide shelter for at night, you have people coming to your museum or your theater. You've got to, you've got to, you've got programs to deliver. <laughs> we understand what's important and we listen to our clients. Yeah. And if we're not understanding what's important, they'll tell us. That's right. This yeah. is what's important to me. Yes. And we'll say, okay, how can we help you with that? Yes. How can we help Absolutely. you with that? Absolutely. They might be worried about just getting payroll paid, uh, their cash flow management, their, um, fundraising is not going the way that they thought. Not that we're fundraisers, but we can help them understand where it's going awry. Um, board, we and we talk to boards all of the time, and they want to know, how do we compare to other organizations of our size and type uh, financially? Uh, how much in reserves should we have? Um, and help guide policy that way as well. Uh, we used to say, and I guess we still use this slogan, we help our clients sleep at night. So uh, they're not worried about the lease accounting standard. What they're worried about <laughs> That's not is, keeping them up at night. It's <laughs> not keeping them up at night. If it is, I'm worried about that. They should read the lease accounting <laughs> standard, and that would put them to sleep. But <laughs> they're worried about uh, the function of their organization and ensuring that their constituents, they're going to be you know, a continuing organization uh, that's thriving to help support their constituents and to look good to their funders so they continue to meet their programs. Going back to the top 100 accounting firms in accounting today, and I, I asked the question, why do you think we're different and, and what makes us so different? And I mean, you just can look at that list and see why we're different. Uh, we don't do any audit work. We don't do any tax work um, and other services that are listed uh, that every single other organization or company on that list does. We're the only one that focuses uh, strictly on what is called now client accounting services or contract accounting services, and certainly the only organization that we're only focuses uh, right now anyway. Uh, on nonprofit organizations. Are there any other uh, topics regarding the future at YPTC that uh, we haven't covered yet, Eric? Oh, sure. I, I'll just mention uh, you know, a few things. Um, you know, We're focusing more and more on developing vertical expertise or vertical niches because you know, in the early days, we just said that we specialize in helping nonprofit organizations. Uh, while that's true today, uh, anybody who works in the world of nonprofit organizations knows full well that there's all different kinds of nonprofit organizations. And uh, even though as of this recording, uh, I, I believe we have 1,300 or 1,400 clients, um, you know, there's all different types. And the people who work in there 
they don't consider them the same as necessarily other types of, of nonprofit organizations. So we're developing uh, areas of uh, expertise. And uh, as we start to roll these out throughout 2023, we expect to everybody will be seeing these on our, our website. So, um, you know, focusing on, well, what are the differences? Mm -hmm. like, what are the issues that a museum has to deal with versus what are the issues that a homeless shelter has to deal with? Totally different worlds, different issues, different funders, different operational issues and so on, different constituencies. Yeah. It's another, so vertical niches. And we're already, uh, we already have the expertise. It's just a matter of was, reaching exactly. those executive directors and pairing them with those on our staff that have exactly. their specialty. We talked before about us both being on boards of directors of nonprofits in the past, and we serve, as you said, over 1,300 clients now uh, that all have a board, as nonprofits do. What advice do you have for board members? Well, let me just say first that uh, I think and I, that board service is very important. Uh, and I highly recommend to anybody who wants to find a way to volunteer time, especially if you have a technical skill, like accounting, for example. There's an example of a technical skill. Mm -hmm. you know, once you're on a board, uh, remember that you now have a duty to the organization. You have a fiduciary responsibility to the organization, and you have other legal uh, responsibilities to the organization. So, of course, you want to make sure you understand what those all are. Uh, read the bylaws. Every nonprofit uh, has bylaws. And if, don't you know? If you're on, if you're on a board of an organization that doesn't have them, get them, uh, develop them. Uh, so, you know, read them. That's that's why they're there. And. Uh, uh, read whatever other governing uh, documents your particular organization might have. Get familiar, very familiar with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, pre be prepared to get involved in committees. You know, the organizations, it's sort of a joke in the world of nonprofits where they try to entice you onto the board by saying, oh, don't worry, we only have one meeting a month or we only have one meeting every quarter. Well, that might be true. You know, yeah. <laughs> then there's committees and their yeah. committees are always meeting. So, so be prepared for that. Be prepared for the fact that, uh, you know, you, you know, you want to get involved and be prepared for the fact that you have to learn. There's a learning curve about the, the history of the organization, the personalities, the challenges, the operations. Yeah. You know, be prepared to immerse yourself. Be prepared to attend meetings. You know, I, I see too often. Uh, people who are on boards who uh, they don't come to meetings. And if you don't plan to come to meetings, if you don't have time yeah. to come to meetings, then don't join the board because you're taking up a seat that could better be served yeah. by yeah. somebody else. We have seen that a lot where people have, are very well-meaning uh, and want to make that commitment, but ne don't necessarily have the time or the energy to do so. As my advice would be, uh, Ask questions. Don't be afraid ask to ask questions. questions, especially as it relates to the financials. If you don't think that you're asking a dumb question when it comes to the financial information, uh, it's probably something that everybody else wants to ask as well. And then, sure. as Eric alluded to, educate yourself. Um, you know, we have a whole 
a bunch of uh, great educational tools on our website, uh, webinars that uh, specifically relate to board and board-related issues. So I highly recommend you go look at that at yptc.com. I'm going back to something you said earlier uh, in our conversation about uh, working with nonprofits and that sometimes people don't aren't an exact fit for the work that we do because they come in and there's like, it's harder than they thought. And uh, it's challenging. And, uh, yes. and working with nonprofits in, in, you know, the heart, the heart is in there, but people sometimes think like, oh, it's going to be easier work because it's a nonprofit yeah, yeah, organization. Yeah. Sometimes when someone comes for an interview, they think, oh, they say they want to work with nonprofits and we ask them why. And they say, oh, <laughs> nonprofits are nice little organizations <laughs> doing good things for people. And, oh, I would love to help them. And go, well, yeah, they are nice organizations. They're not necessarily all little, though. No. Uh, and yes, they are doing good things, most of them. And, um, but, those are businesses. A nonprofit organization has to still generate a profit. That's right. They have to be able to make money in order for them to be sustainable and in order for them to be able to grow so that they can serve its greater constituencies. They have to be financially sustainable, which means even though they're called a nonprofit, they, they have to generate a profit. Uh, and um, though it doesn't say that on their financial reports, as we don't use that word, it's other words, but that's what it is. And the executive directors who run these organizations, they have all of the same pressure that any that's other right. business leader has. They have payrolls to meet, they have cash flow issues, they have staff issues, they have hiring issues. They've got governmental issues, compliance issues. Mm, and nonprofit. You is name it. Is a public company. It's a public entity. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Their, their financials are all made public. Yeah. You know, you take your typical nonprofit and you take, a t you know, say a 10, 15, 20, $30 million nonprofit. You compare them to a, a company of that size. Well, the, you know, the nonprofit has to make public their tax returns. And more and more are making public their audit reports on GuideStar, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, your typical $5 million, $10 million, $20 million company, chances are that's, that's just closely held business, a family held business. They don't make public their financial information. Nonprofits have boards. So executive directors, every month they've got a board meeting that they have to present to, or they have a finance committee meeting or an executive committee meeting. Or they have other committees, you know, for-profits, they don't have a board that's meeting the same way that nonprofits do. So there's a lot of additional pressures on, on uh, that an executive director or a leader of a nonprofit has to deal with. Agreed. A lot of people don't understand the additional level of accountability that a nonprofit is subject to. Absolutely. And the accounting rules, quite frankly, are more difficult for nonprofits. There's yes. this need to be able to account for dollars by funding source. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a grant from a foundation or you get a government uh, government money, the nonprofit has to be able to track how all of that money is spent so that they can provide periodic reports back to the funder. 
for profits don't have to no. do stuff like that. No. <laughs> so the accounting rules, the accounting is more complicated for nonprofit organizations. And so, and we help our clients with everything that I just meant. <laughs> That's right. I have to throw that in. <laughs> uh, Eric, this has been great. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Mission Business Podcast. We really covered the mission side of things and the business side of things uh, throughout right. this whole conversation. It's a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be a guest on your show. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me for the second part of a two-part episode of the Mission Business Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Eric Frank, president and founder of Your Part-Time Controller, LLC, for joining me. We look forward to bringing you more stories of innovation and perseverance from nonprofits around the world. I want to thank the team at PWP Video for their guidance and assistance in the development and production of this podcast. They are a great partner for Media with a Mission, and you can find them at pwpvideo.com. Additional information about this episode can be found at missionbusinesspod.com. And follow us on social media at Mission Business Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Mission Biz Pod on Twitter. This podcast was produced by Erica Blair and Geraldine Dressler of Your Part-Time Controller, LLC. Dave Winston and Michael Schweizheimer are our producers from PWP Video, and the show was directed and edited by Pat Ganley. Again, I'm Jennifer Oliva, and we'll see you here next time on Mission Business Podcast, presented by your part-time controller, LLC.